Oh, hello, friend. Come, join us by the fire. The story's about to begin. And welcome back to Baufer's Bacon Cast. Today I am joined by players. Hey there, everyone. I'm Guy Fieri, and we're going to be taking you on a road rocking trip down to Flavortown, where the gravitational force of bacon warps the laws of time and space. Wow. What's your name? Oh, I'm I'm Jens, and I'll be playing as Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Guy Fiery. <laughs> it begins. <laughs> My name is Josh. I will be playing Balfour, the bacon maestro for this episode. How's it going? I'm Riley, and I'm going to be playing Carl II, the king of burgers. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. I'm Skyler, and I'm playing Colonel Filet. <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> Give me a moment. Is- I'm convinced this isn't real. This is all just a dream. <laughs> feels like a fever dream for sure. All right. Baufer. Yes. You wake up and you are so well rested. You sit up and you take a big stretch. And you look around and you are in your room in Bart's home in Ravnica. You're sitting there uh, waking up you realize that you are starving. You're so hungry. And knowing you, you know yourself very well. Uh, the perfect breakfast sounds like a decent amount of bacon. Of course. And you know that nearby there is a, a, a butcher uh, with a, uh, a stand, a butcher stand. Normally, I think that they're in storefronts, but this one, he's kind of odd. He has a stand. Uh, you can object if you would like, but I imagine that you would head over to this butcher stand, right, to pick up some bacon. You're nodding your head, of course. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Balfour's going to head over, and what when he approaches the man, is how tall is he? So this man, he's he stands uh decently tall. He's probably about five eight. However, he has a very very large hat very tall it's about a foot or so tall and it's got a wide brim so balfour's definitely looking up to this man when he walks mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. um he's gonna what is what is the guy he said he has a cart yeah it's like a stand okay a little cart a stand yeah and it, he doesn't only sell bacon he also sells beef chicken fish a variety of meats okay gotcha good morning sir Do you have any bacon for sale? Sorry, bud. We're fresh out. How could you be out of bacon? Don't you sell meat here? Normally, yeah. Uh, I've had a couple others come by. Just like you looking for meat. Uh, I'm all out of everything. You've actually caught me right as I'm packing up. Skylar, your character, you walk up to the same stand. You are looking for chicken, I presume? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see this dwarf speaking with the with with the the man, the the owner of the stall. Can you describe your character, please? So this 
six foot eight large minotaur comes tromping up to the stand. He's wearing the finest pure white suit that you have ever seen. It gleams in the sunlight with a single thin black bow tie. And he walks up and he overhears the conversation. He's like, you're telling me that y'all are out of meat? Yes, sir. Each and every item I've got. Jens, you come around from another corner. Will you also describe your character? So Guy Fiery is a fire ganasi. So he's got kind of reddish skin, hair that is literal flame that just is kind of spiked up, almost looks like a propane burner. And then a little like flamish goatee that you can see that the center, because it's hotter, has a little bit of a lighter color to it. And as he comes up, he's saying, you know what? Mm, I cannot wait to get this stuff into the fryer. That thing looks like the community pool of Flavortown. You do indeed walk up saying that. Um, any response from the others? So we're all just we're, we're all just standing around and this guy is just tell, telling us we, he doesn't have any meat for us. That's what it's looking like. And it, as he says that, I'm like, holy moly, Stromboli. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No meat? And the man sighs. You did hear that right. Yes. We are fresh out of meat. Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. That is a right shame right there. (laughs) And... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) With that, with that, with that, uh, Riley... Your character walks out from a middle alley to that sentiment. Riley, will you please describe yeah. your character? Yes. When when Carl II walks out of this alley, the first thing you can see is the bright gleam from the crown he puts he placed atop his head. And he's wearing uh he's wearing a blue and orange like a cape that's blue on the outside and has an orange lining on the inside. And keeping that pinned is a little uh, it's a little holy symbol that is just a smiling star. On top of that, on his on his wrist, he's carrying a big sesame-seeded bun, almost as if it was a shield. And on his hip, he he carries a trusty spatula with his his golden armor and blue cape. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So you walk up and you hear this large minotaur saying something about buttering buns and missing meat. You're not entirely sure of the context, I think, but that's what you hear. Oh, now, lads, I, I can I can sense an issue here. What what seems to be going on at this uh, this fine establishment? At this point, the the stall owner he just throws up his hands. And is like, I am closing down. I am not going to say this one more time after this. I am out of meat. Normally, <gasps> normally I have the meats. Normally I do. And he adjusts his. I just got that. Wait a minute. Subtle, wasn't it? None of this is subtle and I love it. What did you say your name was, sir? Balfour, you come here nearly every day. You know my name. It's Arby. Oh, that's right. And he continues, look, if you want to try and find some meat, I suggest you head up towards, uh, oh shoot, where was it again? Oh yeah, there's this new pop-up fancy restaurant in 
Plaza West. I don't know too much about it. I just know that the proprietor of the establishment came by uh, wanting all of my meat, which is kind of strange. It's a little vegan spot, but I don't know. If you have anything to say to anyone, I suggest you take it up with the owner there. All right. I will. And Balfour's just going to start trotting in that direction. <laughs> Mind if I join you? I suppose. But the bacon is mine. You know, y'all really should eat more chicken. <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty divine, especially on, on my griddle. Mm-mm-mm. Yep. I believe all meats have their, have their right place, but nothing beats a, a nice breaded beef burger. Well, I think we can all agree to disagree, but as long as we get the meat we so desire... I think we'll be right as rain. Let's go find this fancy, new-fangled vegan restaurant. Absolutely. Vegan isn't... Vegan, that that has to be good, right? I've never heard of it. Me neither. But it must be good if they need that much meat. Excellent. So, uh, your new little troop uh, treks out towards Plaza West to where you were directed this restaurant was. Um, and you travel, it, it takes you a little bit, not terribly long. Uh, and you're able to get directions along the way. Word is spread fast of this pop-up restaurant, which the concept is new to you. Why would a restaurant pop up when they could just be there? But, you know, maybe it's one of those fad type things. And you're able to get directions and you find out that the name of this restaurant is Green's Resto. However, you quickly arrive uh, in front of this very luxurious, almost storefront there's flowers of all types and colors along trellises everywhere. It's lush. It's beautiful. Uh, some of the flowers you've never even seen before. Some of them look kind of fuzzy, almost like you can't make them out fully. It's almost just like a splash of color. It's still, it's pretty though. And on the walkway in front of the restaurant, there's a sign that says grand opening. Come one, come all to answer nature's call. Uh, and the date listed below is for the next day. Is there any people standing outside or? Uh, no, it actually, it actually seems strangely quiet here. There's not a lot going on. The streets are emptier than normal. Okay. Well, the sign says tomorrow, but I need my meat now. So I'm going to talk to him. Melford's going to walk inside. Yeah, we need meat today. Mm-hmm. I just got a recipe. I'm going to make a porchetta that you won't forget. Shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, taste is king indeed. <laughs> Colonel's going to walk up to the door. There is a, It's like a, an established restaurant, right? I understood that mm-hmm. correctly. Okay. He's going to yes. walk up to the door and he's going to, is there a window or is it like? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's going to like look in. Try and see if anyone's in there, and then, like, knock very loudly. Hello in there! I just went British. I don't know why. (laughs) Oh, loud. So, you peer in the window, and you don't see anyone in there, and you knock. And as you, like, you knock, and the door actually swings open after your first knock. Like, it wasn't locked. Well, ain't that just ominous? It doesn't creak or anything. Oh, that, that makes it fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, the creep um, factor has gone down by, like, 30%. That's right. <laughs> this door opens, swings open, and 
The inside is just as lavish as the outside. There's walls of exposed brick and wood structuring that makes a very welcoming atmosphere. There's only a few tables and chairs in here. Like, the space is pretty big, but the number of tables and chairs makes it feel very exclusive, very private, very, um, you don't want to miss out on this, right? And so if you walk in off to the back right-hand corner of this open space, you can actually see, like, a kitchen. On the very back wall, there's a door. Uh, It's very large, ornate, and it's colorful. Like, its colors almost seem to shift and change and morph. It's very pretty, actually. Balfour's just going to step inside and start kind of looking around, trying to see if he Mm -hmm. can find anybody. What is your passive perception, Balfour? 14. Okay. So, with a passive perception of 14... You don't see any people, but you do notice some movement out of the corner of your eye. And if you, in in the kitchen, I'm sorry, see some movement out of the corner of your eye in the kitchen. And and you look over and there's like these little small white cubes, but they're wiggling. Are they like standing, floating on the counter? No. So they're laid out on a tray. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in nice, neat lines and rows. And it's odd. Like, it seems normal. It just like it just looks like prepared food. Uh, weird food. But then there's the wiggling, and it's just, it's kind of offsetting, off-putting. But that's the only movement you see okay. in this space. Balfour's going to kind of walk a little closer to the cubes and just kind of shake the table or the tray and see if it moves. So you go to approach the kitchen and there is technically an opening that would allow you in. However, you walk uh, and you try to step foot into the kitchen, but you hit this almost invisible wall and you can't go any further. Hello in there. We've come for some food. No response. And there's no other Mm -hmm. doors. Well, there is a door on that back wall. Like I said, the color-shifting one. But other than that, no doors. Oh, I forgot to mention. uh, Once the entire party stepped into the restaurant and the door closed behind them, you all hear this kind of distant music uh, begin, but it's really catchy and upbeat. Very peppy. Very fun. The silence gets broken up by a loud clatter, and as everyone turns to the colonel... He's he was like reaching towards a vase with some flowers on one of the tables, and he's like tipped it over, and there's water spilled there. He's like, "Oh, oh my goodness me! So sorry about this. <laughs> oh boy!" And he's like starts picking it up, trying to put the flowers back in. Buffer's gonna like. Is there a door stopping the way, or is it just like an invisible barrier? So into the kitchen, yeah. You look. You there's no door at all. You just can't step into the can't kitchen. Can't get in. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Alfred's going to go over to that other door and kind of inspect it, see what's going on with the swirling colors. Yeah, for sure. As you walk closer to the door, the music intensifies a bit. Does Balfour notice that it's intensifying, or does he... Uh, yeah. And it's it's not a super strong difference, but there is a difference. I would say, yeah, you notice it. You can't necessarily see where it's coming from, though. 
there's no sound amplifiers magical or otherwise in this space you can say what's a sound amplifier Balfour doesn't know what that is <laughs> so you walk up to the door and you're closer now so you can see that there is a sign on the door that reads employees only and on the door as well there is a large heavy knocker but no handle okay i mean does obviously the door stands out and it looks weird mm-hmm, but it does does it unnerve me like does it look dark or scary or anything or is it just no a, a actually really randomly crazy door uh honestly just looks like a randomly crazy door and the colors around it almost seem to seep into the walls but when you focus on the wall the colors aren't actually there the door feels actually very bright and inviting honestly right i can't play the guitar but i can play a griddle and i'm gonna go up and i'm gonna use the knocker okay you hear this deep sonorous voice echo out who's there I would like to roll a persuasion check to convince this guy that I'm here to write a review about his restaurant. <laughs> okay, yeah. Roll, roll a persuasion check. What is it? Nat 20. Yes. I could put this on a flip-flop okay. and it would taste good. <laughs> okay. Um, what exactly do you say to persuade the voice? In terms of like the subject, it's really a, hey, I'm I own a few restaurants myself and I go out and I do reviews of other people's stuff. And you know, I've heard that you've got a killer recipe. There's just silence. You don't hear anything. There's no response. You bought all my bacon. And my chicken. Again, no response. Is there a knob on the door or a handle? Nope, just the knocker. And a sign that says employees only. Perhaps this man wants us to eat his vegans, and he'll point at the the wiggling square uh, tray. The tray with the wiggling squares. Real fast, though. um, For a moment, the music almost seems to pulse and intensify. I would like everyone to please roll a uh, wisdom save for me. Uh Uh-oh. 16. Got a, a 22. 22, 16. 15. 15. That will be a 13 for me. Okay. So yeah, there's this pulse of the music. And for a moment, there's this urge that fills each and every one of you. You just kind of want to burst into dance for just a moment. But you're able to overcome it. And it passes and the music returns to its low but steady pace. Back to the door. I believe I was asked to... Oh no, that's right. Uh, Carl the second. Please remind me what you had said. Uh, he pointed at the, the table with the, the squares and he says, perhaps this man wants us to eat some of his vegans. No response still. You mean to tell me that that is food? Well, I, I'm not entirely certain. I've never seen any food in this type of form, but he'll pick one up and he'll, he'll take a sniff of it. So you actually, you can't reach them because they're in the kitchen and... Oh, oh they're in the... Yeah. Oh. They're, they're okay. visible from where you are because oh, okay. it's an open space. You can see them gotcha. wiggling, but you can't get to them. I would like to cast Mage Hand. And would I be able to use my Mage Hand to grab some of these pieces of whatever this is? Yes, the, the vegans. vegans. That is a great question. <laughs> great question let me we check something real fast 
basically, are these cubes within 30 feet of our position? If I were to get right up to the edge of where I can see these things, are they within 30 feet? Yeah, they would be within 30 feet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, wait. So you can do that. You can... You cast Maychand, and you were able to get within 30 feet of these little guys. Uh, and it floats out. The spectral hand, you see it grab, pick up one of the little wiggling cubes, and it comes back. And the hand comes back through the barrier, but the little cube, it gets caught on the other side. And it, like what happened with you, Balfour, it almost seems to hit a wall, and then it almost seems to like ooze down before it splats on the ground. And uh, as you all are standing here, you hear almost like that same deep, sonorous voice from before. It almost seems to giggle, come, again, coming from the door. Well, that was creepy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. This place got me nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Now, Balfour's just gonna start kind of knocking on the door heavy. Just, hey, mm-hmm. who's who's on the other side? Let us in here. So you use you reach up and you use the knocker again. And once again, you hear that voice. Who's there? Balfour. Balfour who? Balfour, lord of all things bacon. Hmm. And then it goes quiet again. Door doesn't open. Indeed, I'd never thought I'd meet a lord. I've always, I've always imagined it. My mom always told me I, I could do whatever I wanted. And a lord of bacon, how prestigious. Can I try to break down the door? Yeah, you can try. Awesome. Bowerford will take his battle axe out, and or his great axe, and just go for a big old swing on the door. Alright, go ahead, roll an attack. Do I have to roll to hit, technically? I think yeah. it's like an AC 10. Gotcha. 21. Yeah, go ahead, roll damage. 10. Okay, yeah. So you take you take your axe and you swing it. You heft it at the door, and it does hit in. And you remove the axe, and you watch as it almost like stitches itself back up. And you hear that voice again say, "Ow!" Is it the door that's speaking? It seems to be. I'll be. Who are you? And. What is this door? What's going on here? You bought all the ba- or you bought all the meat and all the bacon at the market this morning, and we need to talk to you about it. It's not polite. You don't buy the whole town's supply of meat. Yeah, What's it says on? Balfour, the one who did that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I bought a- Balfour <laughs> bought all the bacon. Okay, I lowered the cholesterol of this town single handedly. There's other meat options. He does have a point. No response. You know what I always say? You can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Let's try being a little nicer to this door. And he's going to walk up to the door. He's going to say, Now there, Mr. Door, you, um, you're looking mighty fine today. Me and my friends here, we're just, we're just so hungry. And our normal location of buying food was empty. We were told because of you, and so we were just curious. There was a way that we could procure ourselves some delicious yummins to consume and fill our rumbly tummies. All right, uh, roll me a persuasion check. That's a 10. 
There's kind of this creaking sound from the door as if it's almost like settling further into place. But it does not open. Right, I'm starting to get the feeling that the food in here is out of this world. So you know what? I'm going to cast a firebolt at the wall. At the wall? That the door is on? The, the This little, like, prismatic wall that the thing wouldn't go through, but, like, my hand... The invisible yes. wall, yes. yes. We're going to see if that does okay. anything. If that goes right through, then we'll just get crack-a-lacking. Yeah, go for it. So that would be a 14 on my spell attack. Okay. I will say this now. So you cast this, what was it, Firebolt? Firebolt. Yes. You cast Firebolt at this invisible wall, and it hits, and you almost see like these ripples of in, this, in space as it just immediately dissipates. What's everyone's passive perceptions? 12. 14. 11. 10. Oh, wait. Mine's 12. You can, you guys can investigate this wall if you would like. That is so not my can of worms. That is not my circus, not my monkeys. Powerful, go take a look at it. King's not afraid of the wall, so unless anyone else wants to go up to it first. Yeah, you, you guys are more than welcome to roll investigation or perception. Balfour will go investigate. He'll, yeah, Carl the Second will take a look with Balfour as well. He will match pace with him. Or no, he's gonna do an invest uh, perception check. <laughs> uh, I don't think it matters what check I do. <laughs> what'd you, what'd you roll? A six. Okay, and and Balfour. Balfour got a twelve. Okay, um, <laughs> Carl the Second, you are investigating. Sure enough, it seems to be an invisible wall. Baufer, you're also investigating. And you notice on the ground, there's almost, it seems like a thinly painted line that like glimmers and sparkles. And it seems to be like the demarcation of where this wall is. And it's very, like I said, it's very, very, very sparkly. Almost seems like someone suspended a powder liquid and painted it on can balfour i'm gonna try to like scrape it at scrape at that line with my axe and see if it like comes up at all so you try to get your axe to where it can like scrape you can't get that far it's it's more of like a central point than it is uh the entire width when he goes to scrape the line does that draw the rest of our attention to it so we're aware of it yeah, I would say yeah. I would say yes. Colonel's going to turn to the fiery man. He's going to say, Hey, um, Mr. Fiery, if I remember correctly, your little glowy hand went through this. That it did. Can it, can it do what our Lord of Bacon here was trying to do and scrape away that pesky little line? Doesn't hurt to try. So, it's almost like taking off a glove as he's casting it, where... He pulls, and as he pulls, the the bright orange of almost fire-ish energy comes off of his hand in the shape of another hand, and he's going to send it to try and... Okay. Yeah, you know what? So you cast Mage Hand, and it goes and it floats out, and you... The sound you made at, at this little crystal line. And... 
it takes a good 30, 45 seconds, but it actually works. You see kind of this, as it breaks the line, there's almost like this little pulse of energy that collapses in on itself. Uh, And if you reach your hand out, it's not impeded by an invisible wall anymore. And at this moment, once again, the music seems to pulse and strengthen for a moment. I would like everyone to roll another wisdom check, uh, wisdom save, please. Ooh, 17 for Balfour. 15 for Carl. All right. It's another 10 for me. A single handful. Mm-hmm. 10 and 5. What is it with me and making bad saves in our one-offs? <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> um, Carl and Baufer once again that urge to dance fills you but you're able to withstand it however Guy Fiery and Colonel you both break out into dance just for six seconds but it is like the grooviest dance you've ever done uh, once you're done can you both please roll me a d100 because that, that, those are the words you want to hear. That's right. Um, as he's dancing, Guy is like, this is off the hook. As the colonel starts, like as the spell comes over him, he like starts bopping and he starts clapping along to the beat. And then as he dances, he calls out every move that he does for the whole six seconds he's dancing. I rolled a seven on a D100. Okay. And I got a six. Right. Hey, guys, what are you guys, what are you doing? What's going on? You don't feel okay. the move? Colonel. Um, There's... So, a few seconds pass and you stop moving. You stop dancing. And you cannot move. At all. You feel paralyzed. Jens, remind me what you rolled. A 60. Flat 60. This overwhelming rage just fills you. Just for a flash. Just for a second. Who who's the nearest? Who's the closest person think, to Guy? No, no, no. I feel like it's Buffer because he called out my dance moves, and you know they were off the hook. You know, so who, yeah, that comment alone, Buffer's getting it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is um, he within fifteen feet? Because if so, I'd like to do burning hands. I would imagine. You- <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you've caught on. Yes, you must use your action to attack the nearest. Creature. Let's go. Actually, how how angry would I be a scale of 1 to 10? That your dance moves were, like, dissed Yeah. On? I mean, I think that's up to you. How easygoing are you? Remind, uh, do keep in mind, this is this is a magical effect. Oh, never mind. I know why you're asking. Um, how hot-headed is Guy Fiery? Exactly. Yeah, that's up to you. Oh, it's up to you, bud. Fine, fine. We'll roll another percentile... And you know oh. we've got like four different to see to, yeah we've got to check percentage anger yes percentage of anger <laughs> sixty six um I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna use some of my sorcery points and we're gonna drop a fireball <laughs> oh <laughs> okay um does, does Balfour see this happening like. This kami kamiha, like <laughs> no, no, no. Like, does he have a chance to prepare for this? With like a snap of his fingers, there's this little tiny ball of bead of flame that 
guy's going to send out and it goes until it's like, I would like to have it centered so that I can hit as many of these guys as possible. Cause I saw the Colonel, I got, I saw the Colonel hitting some dance moves. He's out. He's out of my range. He's, he's like, he got down, he busted down with me. These other two, they did not feel the groove. And so they okay. get to feel this fiery passion now. Um, <laughs> I will say this. This is a 20-foot radius sphere. You can cast it. That's fine. Everyone will be caught up, caught in it. I would uh, say including yourself. All right. I've got resistance to fire damage. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So I, I have aura of protection, so you can add plus two to the saving throw. <laughs> All right, everyone, DC save of 15. What kind of save? Dex. This is a dex saving throw, yes. Do I have disadvantage because I'm paralyzed? I think he auto-fails, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I, that would make sense. Um, incapac- incapac- uh, Yeah, you automatically fail your dex saving throw. Balfour's got an 18. An 18, so you'll take half damage. And it's 8d6, okay. right? Correct. <laughs> hey, 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 yo. You don't get to come into my establishment and just mess with me like that. Your establishment? Oh, no! <laughs> this might just be the best that I have ever rolled on a fireball, and I'm only at halfway. <laughs> Keep in mind, it is not me killing them. It is not <laughs> me killing the party. Yeah, it's the D- it's the other DM. I was gonna say. Hey, I didn't get to do it last time, so I figured I'd try and do it this time. So 8d6 just nukes the whole party. Whatever, I live. I have 69 hit points. <laughs> Alright. Can I also drop a, so- a sorcery point to make this a quickened spell? Remind me what that does. It takes it from an action to a bonus action, so that I could do another spell on top of this. Not two leveled spells, right? No, the second one has to be like a cantrip, yeah. right? Um, I'm gonna say no, just based on the rules of the table that I used. You have to use your action. Okay. So that is going to be 30 damage from a total of, I think it's yeah, yikes. So 30 down to 15 due to fire resistance because I passed the save, it's down half again. So that would be eight damage for me. So Balfour takes 15 damage. Yes. Then. Yes. Fun fact. I was just ep- ed- or editing episode 14 yesterday. Uh-huh. Jens' NPC did an attack in that game that did half of Bart's health points and damage. You have just done half my hit points and damage yet again, Jens. <laughs> I seem to like doing <laughs> half of your HP, Skylar. <laughs> I mean, between Krenko's oh. Enforcer in episode three, this ep- the episode 14 with the vampires, and now with Guy. Jens just wants me dead. I didn't realize. If you don't want me to play, you can just tell me that. Jeez. So you cast Fireball, and your party members are hit, and they're all kind of sizzling now. The rage fades. Um, and about a minute passes, Colonel, you're able to move again. Um, and suddenly you hear like this, the sound of a fire still going though. And you all turn around and you look at the kitchen, those little cubes, those little white cubes that were 
wiggling are now writhing and you can hear tiny little screams and you also see fires catching on a bunch of like the flammable herbs that are hanging on the walls and the kitchen is going up in flames at this point and you suddenly hear this clattering and if you move you can actually see there's a door to the kitchen like so there's the little entrance without a door that you guys are able to use to enter the kitchen and it goes back further than back further into the kitchen there's a back door that's probably employees only right because most people know how restaurants work and through that back door you see a very um large buff woman crash in and she looks around and she sees the flames and she yells what is going on i'm just gonna say don't ever use lighter fluid it's unravnikin amateurs losers and idiots use lighter fluid <laughs> just a minute i the audacity of that statement <laughs> At this point, has Balfour recovered from being fireballed? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It didn't last terribly long. There's okay. probably still some like, Is the fireball gone? Rising. It's an instantaneous yeah, effect. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was the one. I'm thinking Flaming Sphere. Never mind. Balfour's yes. just going to kind of turn towards the guy. The heck, man? Cool down. I just cast Frostbite <laughs> on Guy Fury. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone from... Trying to work together to PvP, and I'm here for it. Let's go. This is PvP now. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. <laughs> you still take eight frost damage or cold damage. So Balfour's going to say, "Cool down," and just kind of reach out his hand, and little ice kind of sprinkle off the tips of his fingers and go down the back of Guy Fury's shirt. <laughs> Doing the classic ice down the back of the shirt trick. Okay, okay, I see how this is. Oh, like salt, like like, like Skylar intimated salt, salt bay salt version. Salt bay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, that's happening. And in the background, if anyone cares to pay attention, that woman that you had seen, she rushes back out of the kitchen and comes back in, a pe- a bucket of water in each hand, and she's like splashing water where she can, trying to save the ingredients in this kitchen space, and she does succeed. And by the time all of this has settled, she's like her shoulders, she's breathing so hard, her shoulders are like heaving and she turns to you. She has a very dangerous look in her eye and she goes, who are you? I would like to cast charm person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. So wisdom saving throw DC 15. Um, Uh, It does say if we're fighting it it does have advantage i don't know if that would apply here i'm gonna say no because combat has not been initiated she is not happy with you i'll make it a straight roll though because we're not i i figured that i'd be like hey i'll give you this option if you want to just be like just cool it (laughs) what was the dc on that dc 15 wisdom Yeah, you successfully charm her. So after the charm has taken hold and I can see that this has happened, it's like, Mm -hmm. we just, we came in and we were wanting to figure out what was all going on here. Are you the interviewees that Green told me about? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm not going to have you roll for that. Okay. The Burger King will, (laughs) he's going to just scoff. (laughs) She goes, 
okay. Why the fire? I'm not upset. I just am curious. There was a little bit of like a heated debate going on about how about how we're going to do things once we're actually in. A little bit weird, but okay, considering you have not been hired. Um, I guess I'll help you take care of the first step of the interview process. Uh, sorry. Pardon my um, rudeness. My name is Kim, and she's wearing... Uh, I'll actually take a moment to describe her now. She's wearing uh, a nice polo, a linen polo shirt, and she has a little title card that says Kim and right below it it says shift lead and she goes now this interview is really important can't can't mess it up if you mess it up I can't let you talk to green um but basically what green wanted me to have you do is I'm gonna give you the name of one of our vegan entrees and it is your job to make it just based off the name that'll show whether you truly have the passion for vegan food because that is so important to us here at green's resto um what what sort of ingredients will we have access to and she just kind of gestures to the kitchen behind her and she says anything you can see here my friend and she said there's also a little prep room just back through here and she points to the kitchen's back door behind her there's some food in there that you can also use uh whatever you want uh, if you're ready, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the name. There's not a time limit. It would help if it were faster rather than slower, but I understand sometimes making things great takes time. You all are responsible for making a green goddess griller. And this is my note to the party. The DM, Emma speaking, do not look this up. I will hurt you. No cheating. Uh, and as Kim said, you have access to the entire kitchen, whatever ingredients you want. The little white cubes are now, uh, their screams have fortunately stopped. They are not wiggling anymore because they are tiny piles of ash. (laughs) So keep that in mind. I should not be chuckling at that level of success there, but I am. Oh, each of you, so the way, this is basically, it's kind of convoluted. We'll do this one step at a time. Each of you, I'm going to have each of you give me basically one ingredient for an item that you think would be included in a green goddess griller. We'll start from there. And Kim, she steps back to the that back kitchen door and she just crosses her arms and looks kind of intimidating, but not threatening. Colonel's going to unbutton his sleeve cuffs and roll up his sleeves. And then he's just inexplicably out of nowhere, suddenly wearing a bright red apron. And he's like, all right, let's get to work, y'all. And he starts moving around the restaurant. He's going to grab a couple of greens. Um, do we have access to stuff like green, like green peppers or avocados or? Yeah. Any Basically, if you can think of it, I, I'm going to say that this restaurant has it. I'm not going to okay. limit you in that way. So yeah, he's going to grab... Uh, green pepper that he starts dicing up. He grabs an avocado and some other various greens. And then he he puts together this like green creamy looking sauce. And then he's got his diced up green peppers. And he's like, all right, now the fun begins. And he turns and he goes to go through the door. And I'm assuming there's not like a refrigerator or somewhere where he could find some chicken, right? So you go through this back door 
and you enter this intermediate space and there are just shelves of stuff. Um, off to your left is that same colorful color shifting door. And interestingly enough, there's not a handle on this side either. And there's, but there's not a knocker either. It's just the same door, but without a handle, without a knocker. There are three other doors here. One of them is a large, heavy metal looking door that you've seen used for cold spaces to protect, keep cold in. So actually there is a, there is a freezer. Okay. He's going to open the freezer and go in to see if he can find a good piece of chicken that he can grill up. Nice. Okay. You open the door to this freezer and this door is the one that looks the strangest. Cause like I said, it's very large, it's metal and it's heavy and you open it and it, this one does creak open uh, behind the door. There is a freezer space. There's shelves on three of the walls. And you don't see any meat on any of them. Also in the freezer, taking up the main body of the space. So in front, you had seen those little tiny white cubes. There's a Mm -hmm. very, very large one in front of you here. However, it's like chained down, locked up, and it seems to have been hacked away at. And it's kind of shuddering in place. It can't move anywhere. Um, And it, yeah, like I said, just shudders and it shifts uncomfortably and doesn't look great. That seems to be the closest thing to meat you can see in here. Well, that's mighty unusual. Anyway, and he closes the door and he goes back to Kim and he's like, begging your pardon, ma'am. Where might I find a good piece of chicken breast that I could be grilling up for this here? recipe kim just starts laughing and she like <laughs> loses it it's she has it she gets a good chuck out of that and she like hits her knee at one point and she goes oh give me a good laugh there cow man yes i, I I'm, I'm glad you found that amusing ma'am but my question still stands i i need some chicken if I really want, if you want this to be a green goddess griller, you need the most divine of all meats. Alfred just kind of snorts to himself and rolls his eyes. <laughs> Chicken. You see the humor die from her eyes. You're being serious about the chicken? Oh, absolutely, ma'am. And I, I know you have some somewhere because my supplier told me that this here restaurant is responsible for him not having any of the meat I need. So surely you've got it somewhere around here. Then that stall owner was a liar. We do not serve any meat here. At all. If y'all don't serve meat here, what kind of restaurant is this? You need meat. No. No, no. Oh, yes, yes. No. You clearly do not understand the vegan way. He's going to turn to the rest of the party. He's going to like gesture at her. He's going to be like, he's going to like whisper conspiratorially. Her cornbread ain't done in the middle, boys. I don't think she understands what she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Colonel, I don't, I don't know about all this chicken stuff, but you might be onto something. Here, try this. He's just going to reach into his pocket and pull out a fistful of bacon and just hand it over to the colonel and see what she does. She sees 
the bacon come out and she reaches for the nearest close thing. It's um, a rolling pin. She reaches out for the closest thing. It's a rolling pin and she brings it and she swings it at Balfour. Uh, no. The nearest person to her is Colonel. And Who is she currently is reaching out person. to accept some bacon to try. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jens, I know that she is charm person. However, that is only, only by you. Me. Not. Yep. So just justifying this, she takes this uh, impromptu weapon, swings it at the back of Colonel's head. Does a 20 hit? <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I use my reaction to take the damage for him? <laughs> Because I I have a divine allegiance when a creature yeah it just it just depends if I'm within five feet of him. I'll leave that up to you. You can if you want, but that will put you right by him and Kim. I yeah I feel like he would charge in to stop that from hitting after this hearing all this conversation. Okay. He charge in with his sesame bun and. <laughs> excellent, excellent. What are the mechanics of that? Do you take the damage instead? Oh, I. Uh, yeah, you can use your reaction to magi- magically substitute your own health for that of the targeted creature. Okay. Causing that creature to not take damage. Instead, I take all of the damage. This damage cannot be reduced. Alright. Cool. Well, good news for you. You only take three points of damage. Nice. He'll take that rolling pin to the face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. What's everyone else doing? Well now, miss. There's no need for that kind of behavior. You need to leave. If you do not believe in the vegan ways, you need to get out right now. You are not a good fit for our corporate culture. (laughs) (laughs) Now, ma'am, ma'am, I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you here. I have no idea what this word vegan even means. You keep using it. I just assumed it was those little squares that Carl was pointing out. Can you please enlighten me and let me know what what is a vegan? Do you eat them? Yes, I was assuming it was it was those white, wiggling, delicious looking. Yeah, like the big one you got in the freezer over there. Yes, that's the big vegan. The big, the mama vegan. You can top it with bacon. You know, you can top anything with bacon. Roll me a persuasion. Mm, I would normally say disadvantage, but everyone at this point is piping in. So just roll straight, straight persuasion. Also, Josh, I love that your southern accent is like coming out in response to Skylar's <laughs> pseudo southern accent. I'm not trying to. <laughs> no, I know southern. southern accents are so contagious. Honestly, I mean, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've caught Emma doing it today too. We're at. It's bad at work. That's a twelve. Here's what will happen. Here, no, here, here. I, I, I. She, will, she will continue to be hostile towards you, but it was high enough to answer the question. Um, she continues to hold the pretty decent quality rolling pin. Uh, it, it, you got a solid thunk, Carl, the second. Um, <laughs> and she says, veganism is not a food. It is a way of life. We don't eat animals and we don't eat animal products. No eggs, no milk, no dairy, none of that. Ah, oh, so such as I am a king of, of burgers, she is a peasant of veganism. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it's, at that, you see the rage spark again in her eyes. And 
I would so like I to ask, is there a way that I could combine Mirror Image and Mage Hand to have like three copies of myself also doing some of the kitchen tasks? Is that something that I could pull off? <laughs> You're going to continue the interview no, in the background. Yeah, that's literally like, I'm, I'm like in the background trying to like get this green goddess thing put together as everyone else is like, just talking about me. Uh, yeah, so... You know what? Sure, you can do that. Yeah, I'll do some repeated um, castings. They I both need... have times of one minute, so like they'll disappear every once in a while as everyone else is just sitting there. Yeah, all I need from you, I will <laughs> say that y- you can do that. Um, functionally, all I need from you is just, just give me an ingredient, that you, a single ingredient that you think would be in a green goddess scroller. I think tofu. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you're doing kitchen tasks in the background. What's What's he doing over there? Looking at Guy Fury, just going uh, crazy. <laughs> the best part is that there's four of me, and like I'm in all the different parts of the kitchen. Like I've got the fr- I've got the flame going. I've got one of my copies that's just working on a sauce. I will say this: you guys recognize this song. This it's it's Papa Pia by the famous band Bardic Group. Pardon, uh, Otto. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to slip that oh, in because I did have it in my notes. All right. Meanwhile, Kim uh, was just very much insulted. (laughs) (laughs) Takes the rolling pin, swings it at Carl. I am going to impose disadvantage on her (laughs) with my protection files, their fighting style. Okay. Nice. We're just the Bash brothers. (laughs) Y'all are are just doing this Bash and stuff, and I'm actually trying to do the job. So, um, with that disadvantage, she rolled a three. Nice. Yeah, just a three. So, she does Seeing not Seeing the rolling oh. pin coming towards Carl, the colonel, like, sticks his arm out, and he's suddenly got this large round shield that has red and white stripes all going into the center where there's a black and white kind of vector image of his face. It's plastered in the center of the shield. He pops that out and blocks the rolling pin. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Ma'am, we just want our meat, and we were told this is where we'd find it. Now, just hand over the chicken, and we'll be on our way. We have been stricken by the chicken. (laughs) Indeed, my villagers are in need of charboiled greatness. (laughs) I need to raise my cholesterol. Where is my bacon? And once again, Shorpi, we do not offer that here. And you can tell she's being very sincere in what she's saying. She does not know what you're talking about. Then who who's, who bought all of our meat then and brought it to your restaurant? It must be greens. I don't know. But whoever it was, they're not here. Ma'am, I'm going to have to politely demand that we speak to Green at this moment. I believe he can clear this whole thing up. During the time that this has been going on, can I roll using my cook's utensils proficiency to try and get this green goddess dish put out? You know what? Yeah. Give me first, give me two more ingredients that you think is going to be in a green goddess griller. Salt. And um, I need some sort of a green. I'm thinking let's go for spinach. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. Uh, And you said with your chef's utensils? Yes, my chef's utensils. So 
would this be like a performance check? Would this be some sort of intelligence to try and determine plus my proficiency for? What do you think? Uh, give me a skill and then justify it. My first thought is performance because the act of cooking itself isn't just a, it's not just about knowing the recipe. It's about putting it into action and it's about being mm -hmm. able to com compartmentalize those tasks between me and my three copies to try and get all mm -hmm. four of us working in sync. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That'll work. Go ahead and roll me a, a performance based cooking utensil skill check. Okay. So plus seven <laughs> to this roll. A 26. <laughs> yeah. So you finish and the others are bickering and you finish your interpretation of a green goddess griller and you come and you present it to Kim. Is there anything you would like to say specifically to her? Normally it's all, it's always good to go over the recipe beforehand. So you can easily think of the next thing that needs to be done, but you know what? We weren't given the recipe this time. And I think that cooking is not just about the ingredients, recipes, and the cooking. It's about harnessing imagination, empowerment, and creativity. Carl's going to sh shed a single tear at that statement. So does Kim. Both actual Guy Fieri quotes. <laughs> <laughs> you just have them in your pocket, I feel like. Boom. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, no, you say that, and... Kim, she said she just like Carl, she sheds just a single tear and she goes, That was beautiful. Colonel's inspecting whatever he put together. Does it like there's no meat in it, right? No meat. There's no she's meat. He's just looking, he's like, I'm sorry, bud. You, you you did your darndest, but that that's there's a travesty. There's no chicken. Whoa, whoa, no whoa. I could put kind. this thing on a flip flop and it would still taste good. Don't get behind don't go don't get mad at me. Kim She's like, no, no, he's close to perfection. And she's looking at the sandwich and she goes, you've honored your friends today. She will put a, a hand on your shoulder, guy. You can pr proceed to the final interview. If you want, you can eat that. It looks delicious. It might even give you a boost. Who knows? So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to cut this thing up. And we're going to have a little bit for her, a little bit for each of us. All right. And as I, I, I'm going to go ahead, I'll take the first bite and I'll be like, this is bomb.com tasty. And you see confusion in Kim's eyes in the background and she, as she mouths bomb.com. Uh, but guy, you gain a point of inspiration. Do the others eat this? It is meatless. Colonel will give it a hesitant bite. Okay. Yeah. And he'll, he'll chew on it. And swallow, and he'll put a hand on Guy's shoulder and be like, bless your heart. <laughs> for what it is, for what it is, Colonel, it's decent. You also gain a point of inspiration. Cool. <laughs> Balfour's gonna grab some and turn around so that she can't see him and you know, pop it into his mouth and he's going to pop a handful of crushed up bacon bits in his mouth and just kind of mix it together and see if, see if he can get it down. Chase the green yep. bacon. <laughs> I'll allow it. You also gain a point of inspiration in Carl. Carl will look at it and he's like, 
Perhaps there is more to this green than I had anticipated. And he'll he'll go ahead and eat it. Excellent. Yeah, you all have now a point of inspiration. Colonel's going to wash his bite down with the rest of the bacon that Balfour had handed him earlier. <laughs> good, good plan. Good plan. Um, a burger is never good by itself. It requires the tomatoes and the lettuce and the onions. There's a lot that goes into it, more than just meat. And the bacon. <laughs> bacon? I, I hadn't thought about that. Bacon on a, on a burger. I'm going to have to try that. We're going to make you rich. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, my, my richness comes from the, from the, what is it? The enjoyment of my people. The well-being of them. Excellent. Um, at this point, Kim will show you all back into that, um, that food prep space where the, the three other, the, there's a total of four doors in there. And she points to one. And she says, that will take you down to the office. And she says it, and it feels really important. Like, the office is, like, capitalized. There might even be, like, a trademark symbol next to it. And she says, go through there, and you can have your final interview with Green. And assuming you all enter, you go through this next door, and the music gets a little bit louder again. But you're No wisdom saves. But it does intensify. I think that guy's gonna dance anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's catchy, upbeat stuff. It's you. You can jive to it pretty easily. Yeah, and if if there were any doubts before this restaurant, they just have the band Auto, just like their whole discogra- discography on repeat. The band is on Auto. Yes. So you all enter this door, and it leads into a surprisingly dingy restaurant hallway. It's a little bit strange, actually, compared to, especially to out front where it was very lavish and luscious. The dingy tiled floor, if you look at it for too long, it seems to like almost start to swirl into itself and it shifts beneath you, but you don't actually feel yourself shifting. It's disconcerting. As you walk down this hallway, it's a long hallway. You take a turn and you continue walking and gradually the hallway shifts into almost a very natural appearing like cave tunnel however this whole stretch there are hanging fluorescent fluorescent lights hanging from the ceiling that the kind of flicker on and off as you travel as you enter into this like cave-like section of the hallway you start to see dead plants here and there there's hanging planters filled with you assume must have once been very very green Vibrant. Plant life. Vibrant, thank you. Uh, flowering plants that hang and trail, but now they're just desiccated husks. Uh, you hit the bottom, and suddenly, and there's there's no door. You just see this tunnel open up into a large cavern. So, this cavern before you, it stretches back about 70 feet from the entrance to the back. And right in the very center of the space, there's like a little office setup, but it's weird because it's just contained to like this 10 by 10 space. And that same dingy uh, tile you'd seen at the start of the hallway is on the floor. Again, just in that 10 by 10 space. Kind of weird, but whatever. There's fluorescent lights hanging from the ceiling of this cavern as well. However, they're being overtaken by 
this dirt and dust and decay. And in this room, there's kind of a general sense, a general, not sorry, sense, but a smell just of rot. It does not smell pleasant down here. Yeah, so this, this is what you walk into. And you're all standing here. I'll even send a picture. But at the entrance to this cavern. This place smells like a possum on a Tuesday morning. Is that one that you found? No, I made that one up. I'm, I'm running out of ones that, that work. <laughs> no, that that was great. I liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I sent a map to the map chat. Um, you'll see that little office space I described. And so that larger rectangle is a desk. There's a chair in front of it. And off to the side, there's a bookcase. Um, on the other side of the desk, there seems to be like two levers uh and those random blobs also on the map those are the floor pokies i forget if they're stalactites or stalagmites that is a brief explanation of the map in this space the uh auto is the loudest and you know what as you enter this cavern everyone just for funsies roll me another wisdom saving throw can i choose to fail if you really want to i will choose to fail okay what did everyone else roll an 11 i got a five I got a 10. And then Jens chose to fail. Oh, fun. Okay. All of you, you're taken over with this irresistible urge to dance. And you break out into dance for like six seconds. And then I need all of you to roll a d100. Um, as we're dancing, I don't know what the exact beat of this thing is. But Guy's going to be like, we can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. But do your, fr- do your friends dance? Because if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. I got a 74. All right. We'll come back to that one. Uh-oh. Balfour, what did you get? 55. 55? Okay. You stop dancing, and that ra- a rage just fills you. And you have your choice of who you want to lash out and attack, because you're all basically within the space of one another. Who's annoying you the most? Balfour's eyes just kind of... Narr- like just kind of get that tunnel vision look on him and he he kind of gives a little <clears throat> like a little tickle in his throat and he just <laughs> he just tastes vegetables and he he hates hates that taste and he knows exactly who is the cause of those vegetables so he's gonna turn towards guy fiery and he's just gonna unleash a torrent of strikes on okay. him with his battle axe. Guess who's going down today? Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be an 18 to hit. That will hit. That's 12 damage for the first strike. That is a seven, 14 to hit. That will also <laughs> hit. I'm a sorcerer. I don't wear armor. <laughs> that is 10 points of damage. I could be invoking disadvantage right now, (laughs) but I don't think the colonel wants to. Down to zero. You're down to zero? Yes. You're level seven, right? Yes. I rolled crap on my hit points, okay? How many did you have? 34. (laughs) Even with my draconic ancestry giving me some extra. So does Balfour... Still in a rage after putting him on the ground? I would say no. Okay. So he's not going to take an action surge and continue. 
<laughs> no, go for it. Take me out. I, it's a, that's I, if he if he's down, he's down. Right. He would he would be looking okay. for another target, um, not continuing on. And challenge. Riley, you rolled a forty nine. You just start babbling to yourself, and none of these words make any sense to anyone. Bur- burgers. Yes. Peasants. Burgers. Wendy's. McDonald's. The clowns. The clowns. So many clowns. Oh, God, Jack in the bathroom. And you are incapable of normal speech or spellcasting for the next minute. And then oh, no. Skyler, yours, honestly, probably not much is going to happen. Uh, cool. You do whatever anyone tells you to do that is not obviously self self destructive, and that's for the next minute. You feel honestly completely normal. It doesn't feel like anything happened. He looks down at guys' unconscious bodies. Well then, Mister um, Bacon Lord, that seems a bit uncalled for. I reckon he made us eat vegetables. That is true. Carl will point at Guy and say clowns, and he'll he'll use his divine or what? Yeah, channel divinity to uh, give everyone one d six hit points plus my charisma modifier. Did, wouldn't that count as like a spell effect? Then you're not able to do that sort of thing. It's it's anyone that can hear me. They don't have to understand yeah. me. Yeah, what did you say was channel divinity? <laughs> I don't think that ca- yeah. yeah does not count as spell okay. casting. Nice. I was just like, let the dead dog die. <laughs> Well, there you go. 1d6 plus your charisma modifier, did you say? Yep, so plus two. Okay. And it's just him pointing and saying, clowns, clowns. So is it, do you need to roll that d6 or do we roll the d6? Oh, do I, I think you all do it. Right? Or, uh, I don't know. It's not, as a bonus, oh, each creature that can hear you, it, oh wait, within 30 feet regains hit points equal to 1d6 plus yeah, it doesn't specify. So I think that you'll roll and we'll add that total. Oh, if, if it has no more than half of its hit points. Well, I definitely don't have more than half of my hit points. <laughs> I have exactly half of my hit points. Okay. Don't fail me now. Uh, where Where's my square? There he is. Oh, I got a six. Oh, hey. <laughs> so plus your charisma modifier, what is that? Is that That's eight? eight? Hey, nice. I will take... Two zeros stacked on top of each other over zero any day of the week. <laughs> Does Balfour's rage return if he starts twitching on the ground? <laughs> no. Maybe not a magically induced rage. Yeah. Um, and okay. Guy, we will say that your role was basically invalidated because you oh, passed come out. On. <laughs> we have to move Fine. on. Um all of this happens, and you hear like this cackling uh, again from the center of the cavern. Kind of sounds like it's coming from behind the desk, and you see this tall, lanky man like pop up, and he is just giggling, and he points at you guys, and he looks like he's about to say something, and he tries, and he just devolves into giggles again. Um, this man, he's very tall, pale, very spindly. Um, and his hair is in these dreads that have not been well taken care of. You all have seen nice-looking dreads. These are not that. These are like, mm-mm. dreadful. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you know what? You saw the opening and you took it. I will not begrudge you that. And he's got like multiple necklaces and talismans 
on his neck. Same goes for his wrists. He looks like there's like a thin layer of dirt over his skin. Uh, Very crunchy, dusty looking man. And he's just giggling. And he finally is able to get a hold of himself and he like wipes his eyes. Oh! Oh! Thank you for that laugh. I really, oh, I needed that. Um, Also, who are you? I don't know any of your faces. We're the, Ronald, we're we're the new hires. We were just talking to Kim. She said to come in for the final part of the interview process. I almost want to have you roll a deception, but it's like half true. You know what? That's still deception. Go ahead, roll deception for me. All right. How does a 24 sound? That sounds great. He's like, I don't remember any of your faces. I did talk to my new interviewees beforehand. But if Kim sent you, she would not let you get past her. (laughs) Trust me. I guess the last step of your interview process is signing the paperwork saying that you commit yourself to veganism. No meat ever again. No byproducts ever again. From this day forth, you give up all of that. Why, Why would we do that? Well, if you want to work here, can't have any nasty meat eaters working here. We working. Okay. I, I think we've made a mistake here. We're not here to work. Then what are you here for? Our meat. What? Our wholesaler said that you purchased all of our meat. Oh, that. <laughs> It's okay, you didn't need it anyways. And also, no, you can't have it back. Sir, I'm so hungry. I could eat the north end of a southbound goat right now. You need to give me my meat, my chicken. I need my chicken. (laughs) What he said. Oh, no, sorry, can't do that. Uh, Also, mm, I don't think you can leave either. I'll let my tofus take care of you. And he reaches over and pulls the first lever next to the desk. And I would like to cast Wall of Fire. <laughs> okay. I will say, uh, before you do that, well, mm, yeah, no. He. Just in response uh, to the no, like, signing on to be a vegan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no. That's not what we're about okay. here. Okay. Yeah. Wall of Fire. Uh, 20 foot radius centered on the desk inside is going to take 5d8 damage every Mm. round okay yeah you uh go ahead remind me if we're gonna do that i will let this be a surprise round for you because it's unexpected but then i'm gonna have everyone roll initiative okay so dexterity saving throw half damage if success okay What's the... So how much damage, then, is that? 32 if they're not successful, 16 if they are. Okay. You cast Wall of Fire as he's pulling this first lever, and it goes off without a hitch, and you hear him shout and let out, like, a little uh, curse. You can't tell exactly what he said. Probably something like Beef Eater. Probably, Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's hard to hear over the crackling of the flame. And it's, you hear him shout out something else. You can't, again, can't tell exactly what it is. But you can kind of see him through the flames, but then he just, like, disappears. 
That lever is still pulled, though. This wall of fire goes up. Green is nowhere to be seen. And you hear this creaking from above you guys. And suddenly, uh, these... You remember the, the little, little wiggly white guys from the kitchen? So one of the things that falls is that, but much larger, double any of your guys' sizes. And it falls... Oh, shoot. Remind me of the radius of Wall of Flame, Wall of Fire. 20 foot radius. Of course you will. Oh, 20 foot diameter. So 10 foot radius. Better, better. Okay. All right. So the turn starts off with Baufer. You see a very large tofus, and then there are two smaller ones that fall as well, and they seem to just fall from the sky. You're not quite sure where they came from, but they fell after he pulled the lever. What would you like to do? Okay. I think Balfour is going to... I think he's just going to go ahead and start wailing on him with his axe. Yeah, so go ahead and roll the attacks. Okay. A unnatural 20. And that would be a 14. Yes, that hits. All together, that's going to be... Thirty points of damage between those two. I rolled a ten and a twelve. A ten and a, a ten and a twelve for damage. Plus my, it's plus four on each strike too. So okay, yeah. so you said thirty in total. Yep. Huh. Okay. Um. Yes. That is his turn. Also, so you go up and you swing and strike at this tofu's, and let's see what happens. I need you to roll a constitution saving throw for me, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't really matter, because that's a two. <laughs> and it is, oh, it's plus four, six. Okay. And I don't know if this means anything, but I have uh, resistance to poison. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, you hit, and you don't feel super great. But there are not any conditions you notice off the bat. Okay. All right, that is your turn. Yep. Uh, that did 30 points of damage. All right. In turn, it is now the Tofu's turn. And it is going... What is it going to do? Sorry, I looked at this, but I'm having to refamiliarize myself with the stat block. It sludges. It creates a 10-foot radius puddle of sludge around itself. Uh, the puddle is difficult terrain for every creature but the tofu. Uh, and then... Yes, okay. When you end your turn within that puddle, you will take 5 acid damage. Or, sorry, 2d4 acid damage. Oh, Balfour, what type of damage do you do? Sorry, yes, the great axe would have been slashing. <clears throat> Cool. It takes the damage, but you notice the chunk that you sliced off, there's a little bit of it that kind of and forms a new small tofu ooze. Just to the side of it. 
Well, now I can't tell if you're saying tofus as in plural of tofu or tofus as in a ooze of tofu. If I'm replying yes. to, if I am referring to multiple tofuses, it'll be tofuses. <laughs> not tofus. It would no, not be tofu. Why? No. Tofies. No. <laughs> um. Let's see. All right. Uh, that is that. Colonel, it's your turn. All right. Colonel is going to. How far away is the um, tofus that? Balfour attacked. From where you are? Yeah. It is... You could get within range of it. Okay, cool. Then I'm gonna run up to it, and as he runs inexplicably out of nowhere, this absolutely massive chicken drumstick appears in his hand with bits of chicken bones sticking out of it that he rises above his head and brings down for a, an attack on the tofus with his morning star. Okay, excellent. Um, that oh. pocket bacon flavor. Do you do you pocket want to be uh, diagonal to Balfour or next to Balfour? I want to be next to Balfour. Okay, that is doable. Uh, you do. You will enter that ooze radius. So okay. I. You are going to take... Two points of acid damage. Just two. That will add up, I'm sure. Um, I rolled a 17 to hit. That'll hit. All right, so he's going to take... Ah, that dice flew away. Try a different one. Um, That's gonna be eight. Eight piercing damage, and then he's going to take his second attack to swing again. Okay. For 19 to hit, and another eight damage. So 16 piercing damage total. Okay, you said another eight? Yep. Okay. And then, um, as his bonus action, he's going to take his second wind to regain some hit points. Alright. Excellent. Um, so there's that. Alright. Um, and that will be the end of his turn. Perfect. Guy Fiery, what you doing, bud? So, how many Tofuses can I get in a 20-foot radius? Mm, you could get three. Wait, 20, 20 foot radius? A 20 foot radius. So help me if you do another fireball. <laughs> you could get all of them if you really wanted to, yes. Without getting myself? I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to spend three sorcery points to make this a quickened fireball. Okay. So, charisma save, DC 15 for half damage on this. Charisma save, I I make... 
Dex Say save. that again. Dex okay. save, DC 15, plus my charisma modifier on the damage. Okay. This is not so, nearly as good as that last one did. And it's uh, just the Tofuses that are rolling? Like, it's not hitting any of us? No, it's, it's everyone. It's not a it's, selective spell. I did not so, ask how big the room is. I cast Fireball. The only people who will not be rolling to save are Guy and Carl. Balfour and Colonel, you will have to make that deck save. Okay, I had one bad roll, but the rest of them were pretty... Well, the first two rolls were decent, but the last two were on fire. What's the DC? Was it 15? DC 15 for half damage. Alright, how much damage did you do? In total, it is 43 points of damage. Okay. Um... Yeah. Instantly, you cast Fireball and it lands and it out. And as soon as the smoke and the fire clear, once again, the Tofuses are just little piles of ash. Is that all of them? All of them, yes. Then I'm going to go ahead and use my action to do Fire Bolt at Baffer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. I use down. my reaction to impose disadvantage. Uh, you just have to be within five feet of the target of the attack? Yes. Then yes, you can Which do that. Which is why I decided to be next to Balfour. Didn't think I'd have to use it <laughs> on a party member. <laughs> okay, so disadvantage plus seven. Oh, wait, no, that's not a d20. That's a d20. How does a what the wait numbers? So I had a seven. I had an eighteen and a fifteen plus seven. So that'd be twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Does that hit? I imagine Cons- it would. Considering Balfour is laying unconscious on the ground, it definitely hits. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and, and not only that, it it deals two failures to his death save automatically because if you get hit when you're at zero that's two auto death saves actually so melee was automatically crit which is the two failed death saves this is a single hit so that's one failed death save so one failed death save for balfour carl (laughs) carl that kills people Let me remove my earrings as tiny tofuses. Remove this. Um, are you still holding up Wall of Fire? Yes. Okay. Um, you know what? No, that puddle is still there. And I'm gonna say that we are still in initiative. (laughs) Alright. Yeah. Um... Is Wall of Fire, it's if you appear within five feet of the wall? No, it is a ten-foot damage area. On the inside? Yeah, it's only the inside. And so that whole inside area it's is cooking. cancer. Okay. 
It's not cancer, um, it's cooking. It's it's not a microwave. <laughs> Alright. Um So next person's turn. Carl, is there anything you would like to do? Uh Balfour still am I still speaking gibberish? No, that has cleared by now. Oh, okay. Uh am I able to use all my movement to make it to Balfour? Yeah, you could. All right, I'm gonna do that, and I'm as I as he's running over there, the Carl is going to pull a burger from somewhere, <laughs> and he's gonna kneel down to Balfour. He's gonna re- reach in his pockets to look for some bacon, put it on the burger, and he's gonna say, "It just tastes better," and he'll cast Lay on Hands on, on Balfour. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, yeah. The uh, amount of go- meta commentary in this is brilliant. <laughs> how much? How much do you want to heal him for? Uh, or not want to? Uh, I guess how much do you heal him for? I guess I I get to choose a little bit, right? I think, I think it's like what spells. level? Wait, lay on hands. I oh yeah, no, that you it's can five choose. points per level that you have mm-hmm. in Paladin. Yeah. It just depends on right, how much I'll, you want to give him. I'll give him thirty. That uses all of them except one. That's big. Well, it's a bacon burger. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why it's 30 points instead of 15. <laughs> yeah, it would have only been 15. <laughs> Without right. any bacon, it would only be half as effective. Alfer, you are awake. You are prone, though. In fact, let me... And Carl will just pat him on the back and say, You had it your way. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Also, uh, what state? How's our? How's uh, Colonel? Is he alive? Yes, he is barely. Crispy. Okay. Okay. All right. Extra crispy. Um. So, top of the top of the order, top of the turn. Um, you guys see a flicker again of our friend, good friend Green, and he pops in, cack- cackling again. Pulls that second lever. Uh, you hear a yelp again as he takes more damage from the wall of fire. So that would be uh, 5d8 um, okay. dex save for half damage. Okay. How much damage? I'm totaling it up. Okay. Ooh, nice. 30 points of damage. Alright, you I'm hear a yelp. Great. And he does not sound great, but once again, uh, you see his fl- like flickering form vanish, and I need to roll another thing. Okay. Um, where, where, where? There. All right, Um, so he pulls this lever and you all hear this creaking sound Uh, and suddenly, um, I have a description for this. You hear a creaking sound and then you watch on on the far wall of this cavern, 
there was this stone wall and it just kind of melts, turns into this putty almost and just melts down into the ground and gets absorbed into somewhere. You're not really sure, but behind what was this false stone wall, um, you see this- the king of the Tofuses. You see a meat golem shamble out. It's our meat! Uh, you see the head. It's a tiny little fish head, and it's kind of comical when compared to the rest (laughs) of the body. Um, its legs are a bunch of chicken legs made up into larger chicken legs. Um, and it lets out this almost pained roar. It's, this is clearly, uh, talk about cancer, this is it. This should not exist. turn with Balfour. You are still prone, but you are alive. So Balfour just is coming to, after being knocked unconscious, mm-hmm. opens his eyes and the first thing he, see, first thing he sees is this mountain of a meat golem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's on, it's, on, it's on the far here. Let me update. But yeah, so on the very far back wall, I don't think you could. Yeah, you could not make it there. Can you hear the dogs barking? Yeah, yeah, but it's fine. I mean, not for editing purposes. Let me close the door some more. I don't know if that actually helped. Okay. How many feet away is this thing? Right, that's what I was just looking at. So it is... It's about 40 feet away. Okay, so... Balfour opening his eyes is going to see this thing and just instinctually freak out a little bit and just kind of extend mm-hmm. his hands outwards and he's going to cast Guiding Bolt. Okay. Let's go ahead and roll. Let's see. The roll for this. Fourteen plus four, eighteen to hit. That'll hit. Remind me what guiding bolt does. It something with advantage. Yeah. So the next attack will have advantage, plus dealing some nice damage. Yeah, it's forty-six radiant damage. Next attacker has advantage. It's glow- it right. leaves like a glowing it's like fairy light it leaves that glowing light on it okay excellent alright 16 damage 16 damage what type of damage was that again radiant radiant okay 16 radiant damage All right, and there's like this glow that kind of floats around it. Uh, anything else? Would you like to stand up? Yes, I would like to stand up, and if I could get closer, that would be great. Try to flank yeah. it. And as as Balfour's kind of getting around to flank this thing, he's just gonna look at Guy Fieri and just. That was extra crispy, man. Uncalled for. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Also, that's good because... So you'll have 15 feet left, and that will just get you out of this circle of gunk that the ooze left behind. Sweet. Oh, and let me take a quick picture. Also, thank you all for being patient. I was hoping we could get this done in under two hours. We're very close. I'm about to knock all of us out of this dream sequence. We'll see. Okay. I am sending an oh, update Oh, are you saying that you're going to come after me? <laughs> We've got a big old meat golem to take care we'll of We'll see first. what happens. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, guy has not moved. Okay. Um. Yes, that is where we are at. All right. It is. It's me. I was wondering if after all this time you'd like to meet. I was Colonel. It's I'm the problem. It's me. Song. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's my turn. It'll. Yep. Your turn. All right, so I, Colonel's gonna step out of the like radius of the gunky stuff that hurts his feet. Just back? Yeah, just out of it, and he's gonna turn okay. towards Guy, and I'm gonna ready my action. If he does anything that in any way harms anyone else in the party, my action will go into effect. <laughs> okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um... Guy, it is now your turn. I have one more third level spell slot left. Okay. Gonna. Is there any way that with a 20 foot radius I could get the meat golem and my party members? <laughs> I just accepted it at this point. Let me check. I know Guy Fieri hates his friends. I didn't think that that was the case, but you know what? I just kind of decided to go with it at this point. I'm beginning to see... I'm beginning to think you see us as business competition rather than acquaintances. Hey, everyone dissed on my green goddess grill, so... Just because we didn't come to the opening of your stupid diner and we didn't want to drive in doesn't mean... Okay. It means that you're um, all gonna take a dive. You cannot get all of them. You can get the flesh golem and Baufer. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Good thing I gave you 30 hit points. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, everyone this, has to this does trigger his action. Sure does. This does trigger the colonel's action. What Will was it the trigger doing? before or after Baufer gets hurt? It triggers before, I'm pretty sure, if you're saying that you were waiting for him to do something. I'm pretty okay. sure your action gets to go first. In that case, recognizing that this ever-so-familiar spell is starting to conjure in Guy's hands, um, Colonel is going to dash directly at Guy and do a... What is it called? Goring Rush. Oh, you're a minotaur. Okay. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As oh, long yeah. as I move at least 20 feet, I get to make one melee attack with my horns as a bonus action. Yeah, cool. you could lengthen the path. So rather than running to him directly, you could take a... Yeah, you can do that. All right. So that's going to be... Let's see. That was a just a melee attack. Let's go roll low. Go roll low. 
23 to hit. Oh, that'll hit. <laughs> All right. And you take... Nine points of piercing damage as he gores you up against the wall. And as he's run, he's like, if you can't play nice, you shouldn't play at all. And as Guy starts to black out, the smoky smell will fade, but the memories will last forever. <laughs> it's a shame I only gave you eight hit points. <laughs> all right. Um, so Guy is... Are we calling Guy is down person? again. Hey. <laughs> All right, we'll see if anyone heals you this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, those those five hit points. Oh. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, Guy Fiery is unconscious and pinned to a wall. Death um, save. Oh. Was it a nat one? <laughs> mark, mark, mark down those two death saves. I think I'm gonna be the first person to die in Fireside Dice as a fiery character. Let's go! (laughs) That it's fitting, really. All right, it is our Flesh Golem's turn now. Um, Flesh Golem. I'm sorry, meat. It's a meat golem. Totally not a reskinned Flesh Golem at all. Okay, that makes it sound even worse. It was (laughs) reskinned. <laughs> I didn't guess. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it is going to. Yep. Able to get to in front of Baufer. It is the clo- Baufer is the closest to it, and it is going it has two hands perfect for slamming. It's gonna take one hand, slam it down on you, Balfour. Uh, that is a critical fail. So that does not <laughs> hit. Uh, and then another d20. That was so close to a nat 20. It was this close. This close. Anyways, um, that is a, let's see. 22 to hit. That will definitely hit. That's as I expected. As I expected. So it's going to do... No. So... 10 points of bludgeoning damage to you. Yep. Excellent. So that first fist just comes down and misses Balfour, and the next Mm -hmm. one just kind of... Bam! You you dodge to one side, but then the other hand catches you unawares and just smack. Um, after that, it is Carl the Second's turn. Carl, (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one who's killing people. (laughs) Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. What can I do? What is this? Let's see. I will say you are still within the oozy grossness. So if you end your turn there, you will take a little bit of damage. Just a note. Gross. Oh, and that. Can I? Go ahead. Am I able to move out of it and still yeah. hit the fl- like? Am I able to flank with the with somebody actually? Uh, let's see. 
Did the wall of fire drop with Guy? Yeah, with Guy? Okay. can't quite make it to a flanking position just because it is a large creature. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll move out of the ooze. I can still move out of the ooze yeah. and hit him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Alright. Want- I'll do that. Okay. Um, and then- do you want to be by Balfour's side or a little bit past Balfour? Uh, right next to him will be good. Okay. Now, which which smite should I use? That's the question. That is <laughs> I guess I have to hit first, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's important. Alright. Uh, yeah, I'll, well, ta- I'll attack him sure if that wasn't obvious. Smite, you need to do that smite spell as the bonus action before doing the attack. Because I, I think feel- it's on the hit right? that triggers. For most of them. I remember so, from so doing can- it with, um, with Zoltan. Oh, okay. Cast the spell, um, it's concentration. And then when you hit, you can choose to pop off that smite. Or you can do your regular smite, which is where you would spend a spell slot as bonus action after getting the hit. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that with my first one then. Okay. So my my first roll was a, a 19 plus something. That'll hit, yeah. Plus three. Yeah. Okay. So, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll load a, a second spell slot smite into this. Okay. Uh, is that 2d8, Jens? <laughs> Do you know off the it top of your head? It is 2d8 per spell level. Okay. So, 3d8 total, because I'm using a longsword. It's going to be... 14 damage for that one. Okay. Okay, and then the second attack is a three. <laughs> yeah, that will not hit, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't have any reactions. All right. No worries. Um, then that takes us back to Balfour. You are face to face with this meat golem. You can see pieces of bacon peeking out of like various spots in its chest and its arms not in its legs that is just chicken legs but elsewhere yes Balfour feels just the ever so slightest rumble in his gut as he's looking at this creature and kind of shudders because you know <laughs> this thing's an animated object he shouldn't want to yeah. eat it but he, he kind of does and so he's just going to start sprinting at this thing uh great axe in hand and it's just going to start seeing if he can't take some chunks out of this thing. Alright. Um, let's see. I was hoping someone yes. would say that they want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to cast purify food and drink on him. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that would do. Make it edible. Well, rules is written, nothing. <laughs> Okay. Let's see. First attack is a 21 to hit. That'll hit. Second is an 18 to hit. 
that will also hit, yes. That is 22 points of damage. Okay. Great axe. And then he is going to... Where is it? is going to action surge and take an additional action okay now remind me mm -hmm. if someone has two attack actions and they take another action does that mean they get to take another two attack actions or is it just an additional one it's another two. I'm seeing nods for another Additional two. two. Okay. We're rolling for two again. <laughs> one of those is a two, so we're just going to ignore that. But the other okay. one is a natural 20. Well, okay. Wait, what's your modifier with your great axe? Mm, to hit plus... That's mm -hmm. <laughs> <It's> plus seven. <laughs> that hits. Hey. That two hits. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. So yeah, roll damage for both. Okay. How do you want us to handle crit damage? Oh, you critted, that's right. Yeah, it was in that um, corner, yeah. And I think I have some weird thing on crits, too. Let me check. Yeah, 19s and 20s are crits for fighters. So... Mm -hmm. Well, I have something else, too, though, with it. So if it's... Yeah, it's like great weapon If you roll, like, a d10, I would have you roll 2d10 and then add the modifier. Yeah, I have Great Weapon Master. Oh, there's no other targets around, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just the additional target thing. Okay. I mean, Carl is there if you really wanted to, but... <laughs> After the bacon burger, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Modifier. Okay, so the first strike, the two, mm -hmm. is five damage. Okay. The next strike and we don't double the modifier just the dice correct correct it'll be an even 20. Ooh, okay and this... I think that'll be it yeah this thing is looking rough as you hit at it you see chunks of like meat just falling away the ground around you is littered just with meat detritus. Uh, it is still up. It's looking very, very rough. Alright. Colonel Filet, it is now your turn. You have Guy gored against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to remove Guy from his horns and gently set him on the ground. And then okay. turning around, it, is he within 30 feet of the... The golem? No. No, you are not. Okay. I'll take He's a picture. He's going to dash and Goring's uh, strike again. To get up to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Preferably wanting to end up next to Balfour, if possible. But that's going to be... There is a lot of space next to Balfour, so there are no okay. concerns there. Um, so you're... Sorry, I scared myself. I accidentally hit the play button on my music. Okay. Um, 
That's a yes. nine to hit. You said that hits, right? It does. It's gonna take six piercing damage. And then, um, actually, no, never mind. That's all I can do. Six piercing damage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. All right, it is now the golem's turn. I'm gonna start off by throwing that. Nope, okay. Uh, this thing is mad now. It's going to take a slam attack at the two directly in front of it. One for Baufer, one for Carl. Um, so we'll start with Baufer first. Let's see. A 12 does not hit, correct? Correct? Does not. Okay. Throw that again. Dagnabbit. And a 13 does not hit you, I'm assuming, Carl. Nope. Okay. It's having a rough day. It's just a bunch of pieces of meat. It doesn't want to be alive. <laughs> it should be in our stomachs, <laughs> not fighting us. That's right. Okay. That is functionally the golem's turn. Carl, you're up. Am I right? Oh. Am I after Carl? Oh, I am so sorry. You're yeah, after you Colonel. You're after Colonel. Um, yeah. Go ahead and roll another death, death saving throw. Ten or higher. Does inspiration count on death saves? I think it's any time that you would roll a d20, you could do that. However, I think so. Yeah. If I get less than a ten, I will accept this fate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go for it. Guy kind of <laughs> deserves it. <laughs> it's a twenty. No, I got a nine. It is official, people. I have been the first to die here on Fireside Dice. <laughs> you saw it here first. All uh, our very first character death to Guy oh. Fiery. Emma draws first blood. <laughs> That's me, bloodthirsty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, guy, you are dead. Carl, what would you like to do? If there's no barbecue in heaven, then count me out. <laughs> <laughs> you got a dead guy over here. Oh, oh it's my turn? Is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, you're up. Oh, sorry. No, you're good, you're I'll good. Uh, I guess I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna cast Searing Smite, and he's gonna, he's gonna pull out his spatula, and he's just gonna put, pull his hand across it, and it's just gonna start glowing red. Uh, and as he does that, he's gonna say, it's no secret, it's real fire. And, uh, I'm gonna roll a four, so I'm gonna use my inspiration to actually re-roll that. Okay. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Oh, nice. So I got an 18 the second time. <laughs> yes, that'll do it. All right. And I, I will use the Searing Smite damage as well. Okay. I will just say that if I had taken that inspiration, I would have rolled a 20 and been back at one hit point. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought happened because you popped off. I was like, you must have got a 20 and just gotten up. <laughs> that oh. would have been hilarious. Alright, yeah, the next attack I do does 1d6 fire damage and causes the target to ignite in flames. Uh, so you just have to make a con save uh, Tell me at the start of each of the... Okay, tell me the damage first. Yeah, one... Oh, yeah, true. 
Uh, the first one's going to be 8 damage. Okay. And the next? If this hits, uh, does 17 hit? Yes. Okay. This one isn't smited, so I'll just do 7 more. Okay. So, you take your spatula and... <clears throat> For thematic purposes, we'll say the smite was the last one you did with the fire oh, and the, you know. Um, <laughs> so you take your first swing and it looks so close to death. And you take your second swing and this like holy fire arcs along the spatula and you swing it down and through and cleave this meat golem in half. All of you can smell the surprisingly nice aroma of cooking meat in the space as the this meat golem shudders once twice and then just crumbles to pieces um and you hear sudden footsteps behind you and if you look behind you you see green darting out of an alcove and just booking it up the hallway just running away and see so if you look around you'll find at the back of the at the back of this cavern where the golem was hidden there's a couple crates of meat bacon fish beef uh pork all of the choice pieces and there is of course the meat where the golem had fallen so if you would like you may eat some yeah. If Bob, not, Bob oh. yeah. going to try can some I, of the cooked portions and just yeah. see. Yeah. Can I now, now cast purify food and drink on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll just he'll just like pull out something from his cape and just kind of like inject it into the like the it's like preservatives. He just puts it in. <laughs> oh. Just adding a yeah. little GMO. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Doesn't say a word about it. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I got this. It's all fine. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Yeah, the food, the meat's now purified. You all have your bounty. Um, Colonel you picks up a cooked piece of chicken. And he takes mm-hmm. a big old bite out of it and just has a satisfied look and he starts licking his fingers. Finger looking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Balfour's just going to be... Picking up the bacon wherever he can find it and adding it to mm-hmm. his current supply mm-hmm. in his pockets. Very nice. All right. Um, with that, Balfour, you're picking up bacon and your world starts to spin. You're snacking on it too as you're going. And with each piece you eat, you the world becomes more and more twisted. And not in a bad way. It's just it seems to swirl in and out. And eventually your vision fades. You're still eating the bacon, mind. Um, But as your vision fades, your eyes open again. And you look over your shoulder and you see a campfire. And you realize you're being shaken awake. And you look and there's Bart. He's saying, Balfour, come on, wake up. It's it's time for your watch. Um, And you sit up and you look around. You are surrounded by bacon crumbs you you uh were doing some night eating of your bacon stash and 
as you're sitting there, you also notice that there's a weight around your neck, and you pick it up and you inspect it. There's a strange, uh, like, gilded, bejeweled amulet that looks like a piece of bacon. Uh, Jens, I will talk to you about this item. It should not pose any issues, uh, but it is a magical item, a magical amulet. <laughs> And Forget the holy symbol of raven kind. Now we've got the holy symbol of bacon kind. Bacon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, not quite sure what it does, but... Balfour it... will just kind of nod at Bart and say, okay, thank you for waking me up. He's going to take his position and kind of just take in his surroundings of everything, make sure the perimeter is secure, kind of... Font, like kind of rub his finger over the medallion just kind of looking at it half confused half unsure of just what happened just just a little little off mm -hmm. but he's yeah. he's just gonna smile that was a good dream he's gonna stick his hand in his pocket grab some more bacon and just fade to black Thank you all so much for joining us in this episode of Fireside Dice. This show is produced by Realms of Roleplaying. Intro and outro music was created by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. And all other sound effects and music were created by Monument Studios. We'll see you all in the next episode.